Yo, what's going on? I've got the bearded man in the outdoors himself. Bearded Gear is on the podcast tonight. How's it going, my friend? I'm doing well. How are you, buddy? Cheers to you, my friend. Cheers. I actually have to pop my bottle. I got my... Hit that like button. Smash that subscribe button. I'm just playing. (laughs) I take it you listened to my, my most recent podcast. I did. It's funny because, you know, I tried to do that in a video like maybe three or four days ago. And even for someone like me, right, who is ingrained... In this like content creator kind of like I like I'm fascinated by these TikTok kids and these big YouTubers. Yeah, I don't watch them necessarily, but I like to look at what they're doing. You know what I mean? A strategy, right? So I tried sure. to do I tried to do the like subscribe thing, and it felt so weird. It feels bad. It I felt can't, so weird. Can't so what I what I do is I just like pop up like some little graphics like on the top left and top bottom right or something. And I just go on with it. Like it'll, it'll do like a thumbs up. And at the bottom is like, it's a subscribe. That's it. Yeah. That's all I do. It does feel weird, you know? Yeah. I don't, I think most people just don't, it's one of those things a lot of people don't think about. So yeah. people just repeat it because they hear that it's a pattern that a, a lot of the big channels that they've seen, they say it. And so, Oh, if I'm going to be a big channel, I have to do what the other big channels do, which isn't true. Like there's, mm-hmm. there's people who, get big by doing their own thing and i think are uh, better cases to, to mold yourself off of i think uniqueness is a good thing and so yes. yeah I'm, I'm resistant to people who are resistant to to tactics if you will that are just mm-hmm. the accepted norm because that's the way it is it's like i need a better reason than that's what everyone else does because i don't think that that works for me <laughs> Yeah, I mean, look, dude, clearly what you're doing is working out for you because your channel has definitely been on a, an uprise, basically, man, you know, with the follower counts, your view counts look good. Um, You've been posting consistently. I also watched the video that you uploaded today. I watched a little bit of that video. Um, The fuck, which one was it? I can't even remember the Spyderco, right? The one I just put up. The yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched a little yeah, yeah. bit of it, but I went back to the podcast to get a sense of how you do your thing. Um, but I did like the video you did before that. It was of that, that birch knife, like, um, yeah, can't. I love the quality and like the serene, like nature sounds like I never, I didn't watch that video before. And I was like, I, I I was like, it was inspirational for me. I was like, fuck, I got to get a camera so I can like do like I, I that, that is one of the things that I've been trying to do uh, for 2021 is just like improve the channel. You know what I mean? Like improve the quality, like everything. I've got everything down, like my shtick, like I have it down already. Right. It's yeah, just the sure. other stuff now. But um, yeah, man, it was it really makes me happy to see that you kept on posting and now you're like doing this thing you mentioned on your podcast with Geared Toward Gear. Uh, beard toward gear mm-hmm. in the podcast <laughs> that um so you're doing like youtube full-time like for real or it's like you're aspiring to get going that direction yeah so i had a, a day job and i started my channel when i got furloughed from that because it was the first time when i really had like the creative space to begin the venture if you will and uh, for like six months, I was furloughed from, I was working for a fundraising company that we uh, worked with elementary school students. And it was a fun gig. It was the first time in my life that I was like in a profession that wasn't sales and I was really enjoying it. <laughs> um, but with COVID, it's just like schools are not, A, in California, they're not going to school. And then B, if they're even thinking about it, they're not letting 
non-essential personnel onto campus or whatever. So there's like, uh, we were kind of back for like a month where I like set up a home studio, but it was totally different to try to do what we were doing in person with kids. And so it was already a thing where I'd gotten my channel to the point where um, I had an insane amount of videos uploaded. I still average two a day. When I started, it was two, three, four a day. So my library in nine months is over 400 videos that are mm-hmm. live. And so I'd been taking it really seriously and treating it like my job while I wasn't working. And then when I went back to work, it was like, oh dude, I like, <laughs> I like doing YouTube a lot more. Um, and so we had found this kind of nice balance where because my wife does content creation professionally, she's an Instagram influencer, blogger, if you will, um, having me more available to take her photos because the subject is always her and my daughter. That means I'm the photographer. Um, having me available for that, like actually kind of increased our income a little bit. It, it Obviously it, it falls in a different way, having it come all from her business and not from me with a steady paycheck and there's ups and downs with what she does and there's all that. But we just kind of figured out that like having me more available for her increases how much we can make with her business and then that allows me all of the time when it's not like daylight hours we can't be shooting content for so i can be filming videos and then the days when we're not shooting i'm shooting outdoors and doing my own content so i'm kind of doing it full time like i I consider it like i've made the jump to youtube because i'll always be helping with her business as well (laughs) um i'm not going to stop being her photographer regardless of how big my channel gets but um yeah, I'm kind of doing those two things rather than clocking in somewhere or you know, working for another company, which is really nice. Sounds like the dream to me, buddy. Like I thought I had a similar situation almost happen because oh yeah, Kelly, you know, shout out to Happy Go Sucky, right? She was like really focused on trying to make content and like her Instagram page is like fire, like her pictures are, are great and all that. Mm-hmm. Um uh, you know, and she, she like did a podcast with another plant person. And I was like, yes, this is exactly what I want. But, yeah. you know, she faced some difficulties um, with like taxes and shit like that, because when it's sales, bro, yep. like you got to have a good tax guy. It, it's insane. Sure. Like, you know, yeah, I've been down that road. Yeah. yeah. So like, um, you know, she got kind of deterred a little bit and, and she was like, ah, you know, I don't know if it's for me. I think I'm going to do it as a side thing. Right. Mm-hmm. But for a little while, I was like, oh, this is it. I'm going to get to go, you know, like whole hog into this, this uh, content creation thing, which, which I really love, man. You know, I just like want to create stuff all the time. For sure. I, um, you know, listening to that podcast with Geared Toward Gear, I was like, oh man, these guys are actual knife guys. <laughs> like not like I, you know, it's crazy. I get imposter syndrome, not just from like, thinking that I'm a YouTuber and then like telling myself I'm not. And then also like, are you really a knife guy or not? You know what I mean? Because I, I was thinking about this before we got on and I wanted to figure out a way to say this properly was is like when a channel on YouTube uh, starts blowing up, right? Like similar to your yours and uh, Brandon, Everyday Minimalist, right? Yeah, Relatively young channels, but like very big rise and yo i i shout you both out so much and in my <laughs> group chat it. with the youtube elites i'm like yo you know these guys are doing it different from every, you know the way you guys started right yeah but um it's like you catch because the audience familiar familiarizes themselves with you because there's similarities in the way you think about life and things like that mm-hmm. whereas in like if you think about the knife community as a whole 
there's not a lot of dudes like me. You know what I mean? So Backpack yeah. B is probably the closest because I did a podcast with him and he was like, um, man, yeah, I don't really use my knives. I got to be honest, you know? And uh, he's like, for me, they're like fidget tools. I cut boxes maybe. Like whenever I get a chance to use them, I jump at the chance because there's rarely any, you know, thing to do for a guy in, in, in the city. Right. So, you know, that's what it is for someone like me and him. It's like, I, you know, I carried this today. Uh, this is the Kaiser. Um, a new front flipper, right? Yeah. This is the Kaiser M stealth by uh, Vitesse design. Mm-hmm. And you know, it, it's a front flipper. It's really awesome. It's like got good fit and finish, but what I, I didn't cut anything with it yet. Yeah. <laughs> I literally just like played with it all day. And I was like, wow, this is so cool. That is the extent of my knife hobby however but to be honest there's there's nothing wrong with that yeah you having this imposter syndrome which i get like i think we all do that with certain things where we it's especially if it's a like for me sometimes i feel like it's kind of weird for me that i have a channel and that like not that i get recognized or whatever but when people try to like give me compliments on my channel it feels weird because to me i'm just a dude who's just doing it right mm-hmm. i think maybe you're asking yourself the wrong question when you're like am i a knife guy or not because that's a, it's such a moving target like you use your knives more than other people do you use them differently than other people do you might look for different things in them but you collect them you talk about them you care about them like you're, you're a knife guy, you know, you might not be the same knife guy that a hunter is who's like field dressing deer, but neither am I. I don't do that either. Like I live in LA. I I happen to hike a lot. So I do get some outdoor use in, but like the days when I'm not up in the mountains, my daily use is probably pretty similar to yours. And I think different people look for different things. So like I tend to deep dive into subjects and like, I really enjoy research and figuring a lot out about things. Like for my whole life I've also been really into cars and so like figuring out like the intense specifications of like ridiculous cars that I'll never even own is interesting to me because I I dig that I just I I get a kick out of it so like to me that kind of stuff is important but even if you watch my channel like on knives I'm way less spec heavy than other people Mm -hmm. are I don't talk dimensions I don't talk weights I don't care about that once I have it in hand because then it's about how I use it and some people who are looking for specs probably think I'm less of a knife guy because I'm not talking about that. Like, I'm just talking about how it feels in my pocket and how it feels in my hand and how I liked cutting with it. And that's like, that's only so valuable if you, it's only valuable if you know me because otherwise it's meaningless to you. Like, if we don't relate, then my, the information I'm saying is, is just purely anecdotal. So I think it's just, you have to like view yourself as your own definition of a knife mm-hmm. guy. And maybe that's a, a totally different niche. It's good that you're different mm-hmm. because knife guy doesn't have to mean outdoorsman who's bushcrafting, you know, it just, yeah. it just doesn't. I, I think it's, it's fine to collect things that you never even use at all and enjoy them for what they are. That's a, a real side of the hobby that probably more people fit into than you may think too. There's a ton of people who collect knives and, and don't like, I treat it more like, you know how like some people are into like kicks and like Supremes and Yeezys and like sneakers or or, like some people are into boots collecting Red Wings and Wolverines and Thursday boots, which I'm kind of into that too. Sure. I I treat knives almost like in that category. Same thing with flashlights. I carry flashlights every day. That's another thing too. I carry stuff every day. Yeah. Like literally every day. So yeah, I mean, you know, of course I snapped myself out of the imposter syndrome, but I thought it was a cool topic to talk about. Cause like, 
you know, like sometimes I'm like, where do I fit in? But then I talk to somebody on a podcast and I'm like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm one of them. I think it's also, it's fine. Even if there aren't other people who are like, even that relatable to you, like you can be in this hobby and be like, look at it and use it totally differently than other people do. And that's still fine. I think people should be welcome in the space. Like I, I get a kick out of it when I hear about people who look at their collections and the knives that they carry and all that kind of stuff totally differently than I do, because I'm not the only user. Like <laughs> I have a very specific lifestyle that I've created around myself and I fit knives into it, but other people live wildly different lives than I do. And so it's interesting to me to see kind of how versatile the tool of a knife can be across those lifestyles and those use cases, because people find ways to justify a knife that are totally different than what I do. And I I think that's good. It's better if more people are into it, whether they look at it like collecting sneakers or like whatever it is for them. I think it's cool to have them in, in the hobby. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, the knife hobby is in a way like blatant materialism that we all endorse with each other. Like, Absolutely. yeah, get more. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, People you joke know, about it being an addiction, but it, it often really is. I mean, I look at knives every day. I get, you know, interested in like looking at Instagram and seeing what my buddy has and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, that's that's a new thing I haven't seen before. That yep. That's kind of like how my knife shopping is, is I like really weird stuff that like it's kind of out of the norm you know kind of like that winter blade co factor mm-hmm. that i've been showing around a lot um if i saw that and like it was available i probably would have bought that and i literally bought like two knives in 2020 like literally yeah. everything else was sent in um let's go back to your podcast um you know now that you've started one like how does it feel to are you uploading every week by the way like how has it been Yeah. So when I kicked it off, I wasn't sure whether I was going to do one episode a week or like two a month or kind of what my spacing was going to be, because I already upload usually two videos a day, (laughs) YouTube, um, and I'm uploading daily on Instagram. I'm engaging there on Instagram and on YouTube and on Facebook and some groups and stuff. So I kind of have somewhat of a full plate in terms of like keeping up with it. But um, I quickly found that I wanted to do more rather than less of the podcast because I just yeah. enjoy it. It's a yeah. lot of fun to have those it's conversations. Fun, yeah. And it's, it's one of those things where like the only activity it really can get in the way of for me is like my late night editing sessions. Yeah. So, cause most of the time when I'm recording a podcast, it's in the evening because that's when everybody else is going to be free. And then it's just like, I just have to make the space in my house and sit down and do it. And I think I'm going to keep up at least once a week. I may even bump it up from there because now that I started the way. Yeah. yeah, Well, there's so many people I want to talk to now that I've started too. It's like, I've already got a list of three, four weeks that are like confirmed people that I want to do. And there's a bunch of other people that I'm like, as soon as I get through these couple, let's talk because I want to do it. And it's like, I'd like to start working those people in. But I also, I tend to jump into things head first a lot of the time. And that's just- It's good to uh, schedule- I like to bulk schedule them. So as of right now, uh, this entire week is booked. And then next week, I think I have three nights booked already too. So what I'll do is I'll do like maybe two weeks worth. And then I won't do any for a while and focus on content. And I'll have podcasts in the bag to upload. I've upload every, every Friday. I release a, a podcast around like 8, 8 a.m., 8.30 Eastern. Yeah. And, um, that's just how I do it. Um, but like, uh, you know, if you think if you look at like Joe Rogan or like any of these big 
comedy podcast they do like more than one a week and i'm like should i do that now like yeah rogan does basically daily i mean there are gaps i think like two or three a week maybe but sometimes he just does like five bro i'm like what and it's like you know the biggest guests (laughs) like mike tyson like elon musk you're like what okay i'll watch this (laughs) you know what i mean yeah i think my one of the main goals of this pod is to be able to talk to people outside the knife world that the knife world might be into i think that's kind (laughs) of like going to be my thing but of course talking to buddies that i've met you know to kind of like simulate that uh, experience of like getting to hang out with another knife person uh, yeah. that was a question that geared toward gear asked you which was like do you actually have people that <laughs> you meet up friends? with yeah and then you you were like oh yeah you know i had dinner with a buddy of mine and we just like ate and then we just stayed in this car and like looked at knives and stuff <laughs> i was like yeah Damn. Yeah, yeah. Real, even this Saturday, um, I've got plans to go hang out with Nick from Niche Designs. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's going on a hike with me. I'm taking him up to my secret spot. And uh, that kind of stuff makes a difference in life, man. Like when you, when you have, if you can't have real friends in person, having like a, a community, a tribe, if you will, that's just like positive and inclusive, where you have real people you talk to and engage with, like the group chats that I'm in, on Facebook and Instagram and stuff with friends that have become like, I, like this might be a grim example, but some of the guys that I've been friends with for a couple of years now, just virtually in the knife community on Instagram. Like if I found out that one of them died, I would go to their funeral and I would mourn. Like they're a real friend, you know, yeah. like they're, yeah. they're somebody who I've actually connected with, had real conversations with. They've supported me when I've had a rough day, I've supported them. We've laughed over a ton of things. Like that's real friendship. And so I'm lucky that I've been able to meet a few local people that every once in a while I'm able to see in person. Mm -hmm. Um, But even without that, like the communal aspect of this hobby, I don't know, like I've been in the car scene before I've been out of it now for a while, Mm -hmm. but I used to go to a lot of car meets. I did automotive photography and I just loved it. Right. And I was part of a club for a little while while I owned an Audi that was like the Audi club of Los Angeles. We'd go on group drives and stuff. And that was unique in that community. But other than that one, like group, the rest of the car scene was very like not friendly. Yeah. It's like competition all the time and everybody's talking trash on each other. And it's just like a weird kind of less cohesive group. Whereas like the knife community. Very clicky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's some of that in any community that's big yeah. enough for sure. But I think in general, like if you're painting with a broad stroke, mm-hmm. the knife community is, is very special in the way that yeah. it kind of treats its own and it's got, Definitely. Its fault, but it's good. Yeah. I mean, a perfect example is last night I had Carlos EDC on mm-hmm. another, you know, EDC podcaster, uh, shout out to Carlos EDC. He, he had like this pimped out PM2 with like twill scales, nice hardware, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like he probably is pride and joy or whatever. Left it in the woods, right? He put it on his stories. He's like, man, I lost my PM2, blah, blah, blah. I get hit up by New York Blade who organized the group to put in money to buy him the exact PM2. Dude, so dope. last night he opened it on my podcast and like literally almost broke out in tears yeah because he found the pm2 also (laughs) oh that's hilarious which we knew we knew as well but um we decided to still let him keep it because he has a a baby girl on the way 
mm-hmm. and it's like a congratulations like you know and he yeah. was like he, yeah and, and I was like I've never been in any other community who would do something like that yeah never like never dude I, I've never and it, it was crazy and everyone just chipped in what they had and we got and he was like man this is a better PM2 than the one that I, I had yeah. So that yeah, just I've been yeah. lucky too to like a few times be able to uh, in some small way not like to this is definitely not a toot my own horn thing but like to be able to participate in some of those kind of charitable things mm-hmm. and the feeling you get as somebody who like contributes to those things even if it's in a small way that binds me to the community way more when it's like mm-hmm. I've had an opportunity to kind of help somebody, <laughs> yeah. even if it's by chipping in $10 or $20 or a knife to a cause or whatever, like that kind of stuff makes you as like, it's, it's invaluable to the person who's getting to give that as well. And um, those moments really bring a lot of people together. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, you know, let's talk about the Facebook groups um, a little bit, because I know that you're very big on posting on Facebook, uh, which groups are you mainly on there? Yeah. So are they hard to get into? (laughs) Um, No, not really. So (laughs) there's a few that I kind of keep tabs on um, because I really like the knives in these groups and I find that they have good cultures. Um, So like big ones would be like the Vero group for Vero engineering. A good one to be in. Sick knives too. Yeah. I have an Axon that's on the way right now. It's been shipped and I cannot wait. Um, And then the TRM group is really good. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm a moderator for a kind of smaller group called Edge Addicted. That one's good, very like positive. Everyone's welcome um, and very focused on knives, but communal. And then the biggest one where I spend most of my time is the Millie PM2 Pair 3 Club. I'm part of that because of you. Yeah, so I, yeah, I just became cool. a moderator in there recently, mm-hmm. and uh, which just means I spend even more time in there. <laughs> but it's a lot of fun because that's one of those places where not only is it like a good culture in that group, mm-hmm. but there's like a core, there's a lot of members in it and there's a lot of activity, but it seems like there's kind of a core group of maybe like a hundred people mm-hmm. who you'll always see commenting, always see liking, always see engaging. And a lot of those people have become like actual friends <laughs> just because nice. you see them around so much in there. And then it's like, Oh, here you are on Instagram too. And then like, Oh, we're chatting about this because I got this and I know you're interested in one and like the conversations happen. And I've had a number of people in there um, send me loaners for the channel and just like wow. a, a very good, like trustworthy <laughs> body of people in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so Facebook is a totally different animal. I'm sure you're, <laughs> you're aware. Yeah, I'm, I'm on it. And I used it a lot when I was DJing, but it was like, ah, mm-hmm. oh, man, it, I don't know if it was just, um, the circle I was in, like the nightlife scene, Asians, bro. It's it's tricky, bro. It's tricky in New York City, man. You know, I mean, there, I definitely made um, uh, met some very kind-hearted folks that are awesome, but like, you know, I've got thirteen hundred friends or something on Facebook, and like, probably like ten of them, maybe twenty, care about me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, it was just all because, like, oh, you know, he's DJing at this these big clubs now. Like, I'm gonna add him. You know. Yeah. So I, I kind of like wanted to build my audience on my own in the knife community. So I hardly post on there in my personal account, but maybe if I would post more in the groups, um, nobody knows me in there, uh, except for like if they watch the show or whatever, uh, mm-hmm. it'll be much more fulfilling, you know? 
That's yeah. the that's the only reason why I, I just treat Facebook as this kind of like toxic thing. Like Twitter can be like that too. And I'm also on there. I'll just post a little picture in there to try to represent the knife community in post, there. Okay. <laughs> yeah, tweet. Sorry, tweet, tweet, tweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so I uh yeah, go ahead. On Facebook, I couldn't even tell you how many like friends I have on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's all people from like middle school and high school and mm-hmm. like from my hometown, right? Um which is fine. I, I, I don't need to like go through and unfriend those people per se, but yeah, I haven't spent any time looking at my actual feed on Facebook. That's not knife groups. Like I just use the groups tab when I log on oh, there. I, gotta I don't, do I don't even mess with, I, I have no idea what people in my family generally are even <laughs> posting on Facebook. Like I have a personal Instagram where I'll see Instagram a little bit more, but even then I, I hardly even log into that. It's mostly just to make sure that I liked my wife's picture from that day. Um, oh, or else you're screwed, bro. <laughs> well, I just spend all my time, uh, like my time becomes more and more precious the more that I am constantly creating videos. And I've got this library of content that now people are commenting on. I still want to try to engage there when I can. And I'm a moderator in a group now that's big. And there's like, mm-hmm. now there's the podcast with all these things. I don't have time to just like surf through my regular feed. <laughs> I, yeah. I find myself struggling to make time to even like a, as much stuff on Instagram as I'd like to. I'm like missing friends posts at this point. Cause hold I'm on a second. All right. Dropping in real I'm, I'm, I'm going to teach my niece. Uh, I'm going to teach my niece a lesson right now. <laughs> hey hey what's up you're on my podcast oh i'm sorry hi everybody hello yeah. i i gotta go oh i gotta go bye okay bye <laughs> no my niece is on tiktok and she does like that you know she's like 21 and she does the dances and all that yeah and i always flex on her i'm like because i got more followers than her terrible and i'm like how many views did you get and i show her my video got like two hundred thousand views she's gonna start putting a, a knife in her pocket so people can see the clip and she'll get she more she was like i like your content because this is my niece who grew up in the philippines hmm. but she's here for college now this is her first time in america and like she loves it but um she was like oh i'm trying tito i'm like you know just post every day that's what you got to do on tiktok um that's you know let's talk about that a little bit so you know i when I talk to some of the older content creators in our community, like it's almost like frowned upon or almost like a sin to want to succeed in this YouTube thing. Yeah. Like, I'm like, bro, it, you're kidding me? If, if, if Chavez like hit me up and was like, yo, I want you to get in a Speedo and I'm going to send you some knives and you know let's make an ad i'll be like yeah baby let's go <laughs> you know what right. I mean? like i i mean that's me i'm not saying that everyone should do that but i am looking for opportunities to make this thing bigger than it is currently like i'm actually sure. actively trying to do that while still maintaining my integrity like i'm never gonna um and, and i said this too I, I i'm working with brs um blade runner systems right now mm-hmm. and i told them i was like look if i don't like the knife i'm i can send it back to you because i don't want to review it and trash it you know what i mean if i like it if i think it's cool um then i'll i'll make a cool i'll make i'll make content about it for sure but when it comes to a review i don't ever just want to trash something so if i don't like it, i'm gonna let you guys know i never yeah. want to like lie even even if you're paying me you know what i mean like i don't want to you- do that could be an opportunity for the brand as well to yeah. like okay why was it so bad that yeah. you didn't even want to review it and then they can take that to the drawing board yeah, yeah i'm kind of the same way like 
if I'm going to work with a brand, which doesn't happen all the time for me yet, but it's happening. It will, dude. For you, yeah. it will. I know this already. My brother and, is big on the tube. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get there. Um, and I've, I've had a few opportunities to work with brands, both small and, and decent sized. And every time for me, it's just like I, I need to make sure that they understand before it's a, a yes that I have the ability to be totally honest, good, bad, doesn't matter. Um, now, does that mean I have to like really slam a knife? Not necessarily. Even if you watch my most harsh reviews, I, I try to be very balanced about things because a lot of the time the stuff I don't like is because it's not my preference on a knife. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's not like the knife is prone to breaking or it's going to cut your hand if you hold it the way you would hold a normal knife. Like yeah. safety issues are, are a different thing and that I would slam. Like this. But, Look at this monstrosity, bro. You see that? Crazy. Look at this. What is happening here? I put this on my Instagram the other day. This yeah, is the best weird. deck free fall. It's not even a what? This is 221 bucks. I wouldn't pay it. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, go on. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I think, and I just, the other day I was on the phone with a small maker um, who's sending me a knife. I mm -hmm. think it goes in the mail tomorrow. Anyways, I was cool. on the phone with him for probably 45 minutes and it was a really nice guy who's doing it part-time and just kind of like toying with the idea of having some YouTubers review his product because he knows yeah. it's a thing that could happen. And a fellow reviewer recommended me anyways, it turned into yeah. this long conversation where like I was able to talk to him a little bit about some social media kind of strategies because he's seen a decline in his engagement. And so just sharing with him things that work for me. And then it was like, look, dude, if I'm going to take one of your knives, first of all, I think they look great already. Never handled one, but yeah. like, I think they look cool. So that's a good start. But like, as long as you're okay with me being objectively honest through my whole process, then that's fine. And I think a lot of the reason why people in our community have like this this stigma against people taking product for free and then reviewing it is because a number of people have been caught taking product for free, reviewing it, giving it glaringly positive remarks. Yeah. And then it comes out later that that product a isn't very good and B Dang. that they didn't say they got it for free or that they got paid to do it even worse. Right. So I think if, if you can be honest with people like, Hey, this company provided this for review, this is sponsored content, yeah. but hey, they let me know and I made sure with them that I could be objectively honest about this. This review should hopefully be helpful for them as well because the negative yeah. things that I say, if, if they're approaching you as a content creator mm -hmm. or you as a reviewer, that's different than creating or than approaching you as like, an influencer or whatever, right? Like yeah. what I do is I review things. So <laughs> if you're approaching me to review it, then a review doesn't change based on me getting it for free or me paying for it or it being a loner or anything like that. The review should be ob objective the whole way through. So I think it, it just takes a, a kind of an understanding and I, I haven't gotten any pushback on it when I've done a review of something and I've said in the, from the get go, like, Hey, this company provided this for review. I really appreciate that of them. And then I jump into the review and it's the same as it would be for a knife I bought myself. I think if you're consistent and people will see that and they like, what, what can people be mad about that you're yeah, right. That you're stuff for working it. really hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like I, I let people know, like, I've got the Patreon. I'm podcasting, like, all the time. And 
you know, people have been supporting the channel by sending stuff in. They do the Patreon. And I am yeah. definitely trying to grow the channel so that I can do cooler shit, man. You know, like that's that's genuinely it. I want to make cooler content. Um, but, you know, I think now it's, it's a good time to get into a game I like to call Are You Garbage? Uh, shout out shout out to H Foley and Kevin James Ryan, comedians who have started the Are You Garbage podcast. They do it funnier than me. I just think it's funny to try to play this game with your favorite night people. So I'm going to ask you a series of questions to determine whether you're classy or absolute trash. I'm just flattered <laughs> that you just referred to me as someone who could be one of your collective favorite oh, night people. Dude, I mean, come on, bro. You know, the, 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 the proof is in the, the pudding. You know what I'm saying? The numbers don't lie. You know what I mean? Definitely things are happening for you. You've caught some, something has caught on like you definitely you know caught uh, on the uh, algorithm there and there are people that are just loyal to the channel just watching you all the time you can tell by the view counts and such like that so you're definitely a favorite knife person um, lucky that people think so <laughs> yeah even though like i love those comments where you like fight with people it's that is some of the funniest shit i've seen on instagram stories and uh, i don't have the energy to do that but when you do it i'm like yeah get him get him jake <laughs> see the key is to do it without energy if you come in <laughs> like emotionally charged then yeah. it's fun then it's a fight but i before i started my channel was very mm-hmm. cognizant and aware that comment sections can be crazy especially if you're the content creator right mm-hmm. and so I knew I had to like fortify my mind before even creating my channel that I couldn't let that stuff get under my skin. And it doesn't like people could say the most offensive things directly at me in my comments. And I laugh about it because I know who I am. <laughs> they don't know. You're like, I'm, I'm confident in what I'm doing. I, if they say I, I got a fact wrong about a knife, that's one thing. But if yeah. people are just like hurling insults for no reason, then yeah, like you talk I get too much. Out. I want to look at the knife. Somebody called right. me a communist this week. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? Ridiculous, right? And he said, you people, you know, like he was talking about like blade length and how I like to carry three inch or below because Jeez. I'm in NYC. And he was like, you shouldn't look at it like that. You know, that's some communist thinking. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I live in New York City. They're gonna tackle me if I have a Leatherman. You know right. what I mean? So. Yeah, it's. I just. I. I have to have fun with it. Where like I don't get on their level and hurl yeah. insults, yeah, but yeah. I like to point out to people <laughs> by <laughs> commenting in a snarky way. Yeah, in a way that illustrates to them what an a hole they're being. Because I think a lot of people, a ton of people, when I like respond in those ways, they'll delete their comment because they realize when they see that I reacted that way yeah but they were being a douche (laughs) it's like oh then they they pull back you know and and they pretend it never happened which is good because then maybe on your video or whoever else's video they they won't call me a cop they're not yeah like it's just just gotta (laughs) stop somewhere so like yeah i'm a little bit of a a debater to begin with i like to it's cool i I love it man everybody check out uh bearded gear stories um for those (laughs) (laughs) those comment all right let's find out how garbage i am all right so you know let's find a little a little bit about like how you grew up um did you grow up with money like uh what was your what did your folks do yeah so i grew up with money and then i didn't Um, okay my my dad was really successful until the economic downturn and that happened Mm -hmm. while i was in high school so um most of my life in fact all of my life until i was an adult my mom was a stay-at-home mom 
Um, and my dad ran a successful business that was his own. He had a few employees and um, he's a, an author and a, he basically does consultation for companies who are looking yeah. to either sell their business and maximize how much they're going to make and the departure from like it. merger and acquisition stuff. Sometimes. Yeah. Or okay. it can just be general, like uh, companies that are having issues might mm-hmm. bring him on as kind of an outside mind to help them reform their processes yeah. and cool, get things dude. on track. And yeah, so it, things were really, really good until like 2008. And then, yeah. yeah, like my junior year in high school, something like that, I graduated 2010. So right around there, it went, <laughs> went real bad. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah. So, but, but very good childhood, loving, typical uh, Americana kind of like growing up, yeah. right? Yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah, I had a similar thing happen because in the Philippines, my dad was poor, right? Um, he couldn't even afford electricity. So he studied with a kerosene lamp and he told me like my boogers would be black when I picked my nose and stuff. <laughs> but he became valedictorian, became bank president of a really big branch in the Philippines. And he was making all this money. But um, at the time, like we were still under a dictatorship mm-hmm. and then the government was overthrown and they took all our money, dude like everything. And then we had to move here. So, you know what I mean? I, I got really upset when my mom wouldn't buy me the He-Man like a, <laughs> you know what I mean? at the, toy the power of gray school. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? I can't have it. <laughs> um, all right. So first question, growing up, did you have a glass of milk with dinner? No. Okay. I, I was, I was expecting maybe a yes on that because I been over to a white friend's house where they served me spaghetti and gave me a glass of milk as the beverage. And I thought it was nasty and they were just like slurping it up. Yeah, no, I know people who do that. <laughs> sure, but, but no, no. Yeah, I don't understand <laughs> no, thank you. it. They're like, oh, it's the red sauce. I've had it served to me much yeah. like you. Yeah. I just, I, to this day to drink a glass of milk, unless I have like a whole sleeve of Oreos to be dunking in it, count me out. I, I'm not yeah. just like a drink plain milk guy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, I never bought into that. Have you ever owned a Chia pet? Yes. Which I think it was one? A, a Bob Ross one. <laughs> that is fantastic. <laughs> That's trashy little trees right there. <laughs> so good. Put that yeah. one in the trash pile too. <laughs> you know, cause some aristocrat like isn't buying a Chia pet. You know what I mean? <laughs> So that's one point. All right. Um, has your toilet bowl ever contained the product known as blue magic in it? When you flush the toilet, it turns the water blue to keep it sterilized. No. Okay. We, we've definitely had that. <laughs> it like stains your bowl, bro. What's yeah. the point of that being to reduce stains? Yes. But what happens is it's so blue because it makes the water blue. Mm-hmm. It like stains the bowl blue. So even after you stop using it, it's like blue for a long time. It's not good. Yeah, that's. What... I mean, I've used toilet cleaner in general before, but nothing <laughs> that like stays in and like yeah, it, multiple use. It hangs on the side, like, you know, where the, the basin is. Oh. It hangs on the side there and it like kind of soaks it up. Good. Yeah, never... That's good. Put that one in the, class of, the classy pile. Classy. Uh, do you keep bread in the freezer? No. No. You keep it out? I just, I just buy bread when I need it. All right. All right. So this is a follow-up question to that. Uh, how do you store your bread? Do you twist tie it? Do you like do the knot or do you just like fold it under like an animal? So what I'll do is I'll grab the slack at the top, right? Okay. I'll twist the bag under it and then I'll fold the twisted 
now <laughs> top portion and then i set it so that the weight of the bread holds that twisted <laughs> portion under it because if it's twisted less air can possibly circulate through it than if okay. you just folded it over but yeah i don't like messing with like putting the twisty tie or the yeah. little clippy thing back on it i always then lose it, like, them it tears the bag or it's like it's just a bummer to deal with so yeah you just twist the whole bag yeah flap it under that's the animal down. answer though so you're gonna get a point for the garbage file now. all right <laughs> people usually use the uh the twist tie okay so um do you have any tattoos none okay good because the next question would be do you have any tattoos with an ex's name on them and i have that so i am garbage <laughs> uh what was your childhood grocery store mm. like where did your parents go to buy stuff like was it a big chain was it like a yeah, so my mom was an avid like couponer, not yeah. because we were poor, like I said, but just because people that's get like, into that. Yeah, yeah, and I think like her upbringing, she was she had eight siblings. There were nine kids, a huge family, and so I think that like things were relatively scarce. Um, yeah, so that was just kind of bred into her. Sorry, I'm drinking this Coke, and it's giving me all no, kinds of cool. burps. Um, but yeah, so she would go like if it was her shopping day she'd go to like Ralph's and Vaughn's mm-hmm. and like Costco. Like she'd hit multiple stores depending on what was on sale where. And then mm-hmm. she'd get like, she'd get like skirt steak from here yeah. and then she'd get chicken breast from Ralph's. And then she'd get, you know, like the vegetables would come from Vaughn's. It was like, she'd go wherever stuff was the best deal, which is yeah. hilarious. Cause then she's like killing half of a day and all yeah. the gas money and the, like, the money. Yeah. The time that's, yeah. Kind, you know, that's kind of an in the middle answer because the chains that she shopped that were classy. Mm-hmm. Right. But I, the couponing thing is a little bit sketchy. You know? right. And we were eating like good, like she would buy like good things to eat. Yeah. We weren't eating hot dogs all the time, but like it was, <laughs> I love a good hot dog. I, I would want one right now. A little tube steak um, for you. Oh man. Uh, okay. So let's do this one right here. Did your mom use cool whip containers or other containers as storage for something else? No, she had quite the collection of Tupperware. Oh, okay. Did, did she use Tupperware for things other, other than food? No, I don't think so. Like, what would you put in the? What would you well, put in the you know, a perfect example is like, you know, they have these cookies. They're in this blue, like tin. Yeah. And um, almost every immigrant I know, their 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 folks, like their mom, would put like sewing supplies in there or something like that. And that is the garbage answer, basically. But classy, classy on that okay. one. Yeah. Um, what type of frozen pizza did you have in the freezer? Mm, I feel like the typical pizza that you'd find growing up would be like either tombstone or DiGiorno. Oh, class. You guys get the good stuff. I got like not even Elio's. I got like the generic <laughs> brand from like key food. Wow, man. I, am I talking to uh, an aristocrat son right now? De classe. De classe, a Frenchman. <laughs> uh, how do you cook your hot dogs? I don't. I hate hot dogs. Ah, okay. Oh, man. I, I mean, like, really? If I'm not a, even a, grilled, not even grilled. So if I was to make a hot dog, mm-hmm. I would overcook it to the point where it tasted less like a hot dog and the ah. texture wouldn't be so like wienery. Um, so no sausage either. I enjoy like a good brat or like yeah. breakfast sausage is good, but mm-hmm. specifically hot dogs where it's like bologna in a different shape. I'm just ah. not, not down. So you're, you're not a big luncheon meat guy. No. No, so not even like soppressata or, or some good salami or pepperoni or something, none of that? 
I enjoy like if I'm at like a good Italian deli and they have yeah. like a good Italian like grinder sandwich, sure, yeah. like put all the meats in there. Yeah. But yeah, I'm not like a I don't know, I'm not I'm not big into bologna esque meats. Man, I think I, I think I'm talking to a classy individual right now. <laughs> this is um I'm lo- like, you know what's crazy with Carlos EDC? I thought I was gonna find some trash there. All class. It's like uh, insane. Like, you know. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh what did you get on your SATs? I didn't take them. <laughs> Me I... neither. Okay, garbage. Yeah, garbage no. file. <laughs> no, I uh I didn't plan on going to college after high yeah. school. I didn't. And so mm-hmm. I just did I didn't take anything because it was like whatever you're going to use those scores for i'm not going to do so i just didn't didn't even take see that that choice goes uh in two ways yours went the way that it turned out good and like me was bad i'm still living in the bronx (laughs) all right you're eating chicken wings and you realize you have to pee you head to the bathroom do you a wash your hands first then pee or b pee first then wash your hands um I can't imagine washing my hands before going to the bathroom. I don't think I've ever done that, but I would probably. You're eating liked, chicken wings though. Like with spicy sauce on them. Okay. Let's go with spicy sauce. I mean, like if there was sauce actually on my fingers, yeah. I hadn't like already licked it all off yeah. before I got to the bathroom. Then yeah. yeah, I'd probably rinse my hands, <laughs> but I've never had that happen. Okay. Follow-up question though. <laughs> if you, since you chose a, do you wash your hands a second time after you pee? Yeah, you always wash your hands after. Classy. A lot of the people I asked said no to the follow-up. That's why COVID exists. Like, like I know. <laughs> it's because of, <laughs> of the degenerates I hang out with. What is your opinion of the McDonald's product known as filet of fish? I would rather never eat one. <laughs> so you didn't go to uh, fast food restaurants as a kid? No, I ate fast food a lot as a kid, yeah. What was your go-to chain? um in and out being in southern california still is that is but. such a flex on me though because we don't have that <laughs> i had mcdonald's burger king and wendy's and i went to the same mcdonald's that they shot um at in coming to america the movie like mm. that was my mcdonald's they yeah, called yeah. it the mcdowell's in the movie but it was actually mcdonald's on queen's boulevard With eddie murphy yeah. yeah i uh so if we didn't have in and out it was like sometimes carl's jr i knew you were back in the box that. every now and then Dude, I mean, that, that is Panda classy. Express. That's classy stuff, man. That, that's. <laughs> has anyone in your family ever gone or has been involved with a monster truck show? Oh, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, to think about it for a if second. If they were, I don't uh, think they've told Uncle me. Uncle Bob used to drive <laughs> Gravedigger. <laughs> no, I mean, so like, funny. I've been to, like, motocross events, but never... Yeah monster truck shows no monster truck shows i've never been my girl said she was at one and it was like really loud i was like <laughs> okay i've never experienced that have you ever been to medieval times that's an east coast um, thing I'm probably not. yeah no i actually have so there's yeah. one uh in buena park right by knott's berry farm and when i was a kid I, like a friend had a birthday party there mm-hmm. and i went man that's expensive man you guys are clean living up there <laughs> jeez um let's do a few more questions let's see what we got here Ah, man, this is going to be, this is really hard. (laughs) Have you ever flashed or mooned anyone? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Okay. We got one in there. Crash it up, bro. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so far. Being a teenager. (laughs) (laughs) 
What was the pet situation like as a kid? Uh, we had, um, so when I was little, we had two dogs that were like outside dogs. We had a golden retriever and then like an adopted mutt that was a bunch of things. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when those dogs died, we had a cocker spaniel that lived in the house. That's pretty standard. That's good stuff. The correct answer for the garbage pile would have been a hamster, hermit <laughs> crab, or a guinea pig. No, That's- I did. So I did have a hermit crab at one point oh. when, when I was like nine or so for my birthday. My next door neighbor gave mm-hmm. me a hermit crab. Uh, I had a beta fish when I was younger yeah. than that. I mean, I had like lizards and fish and stuff like that. Yeah every now and then most of the lizards we ever had were like lizards we would like catch on hikes and we just like <laughs> oh, keep yeah. um i had a horny toad at one point and that was cool wow that's yeah. crazy now that the the hermit crab thing if you actually bought it would have been the trashy answer <laughs> like i actually did try to do I that my mom actually was had like, an no extensive way. collection of hermit crabs <laughs> know, right? and uh He's like, i had at one. least three shells per crab <laughs> They switch them out like every day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Have a fashion show with crabs. Wardrobe. <laughs> oh, man. Um, were you a Hellman's or a Miracle Whip family? Oh, uh, everyone in my family hates mayonnaise. All of us. Which is not the right white guy answer. <laughs> None of us like mayonnaise. Dude, you're all class here. I and if, I... if there was mayo in the fridge, it was Hellman's. Yeah. And that's just for like mixing into tuna or like Good. deviled eggs it's not like onto a sandwich oh nope that's Mm-mm. the right answer actually is hellman's miracle whip is like the the, the imitation kind the of tangy zip yeah uh so good good all class here um have you ever gone to a restaurant and pretended it was your birthday to get free cake or dessert mm-hmm. probably as a teenager like it sounds like a good idea to me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i'm sure at some point yeah do it tomorrow my birthday was last was like two weeks ago um what do you think of imitation crab meat um i'd prefer real crab meat but good 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 answer on that have you ever used the phrase it's five o'clock somewhere or it's beer 30 i don't drink so no i mean like maybe jokingly i've said you don't drink somewhere Mm-mm. damn that's why you're so productive i'm drinking right now i would have I, I you know I'm i pounded a coke i thought i pegged you you know what that's pretty bad too though <laughs> no this is a mexican coke so it's real cane no, sugar it's not. don't don't try to convince me on my girl is a personal trainer she is militant militant bro but you know oh, what man. she did give me a chance to peg out for like four days it was my birthday. All we did was just pig out like crazy. And she goes, starting Monday, I have a six-day-a-week plan. Just diet. You know, I'm going to get you shredded. Because I said I want to look like I'm in the UFC. And she's like, yeah. oh, we can do it. I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm lifting weights and stuff. Ray Pacquiao. I like it. Yo, yeah, dude. we uh, – so <laughs> I get these, like, any time that I go to, like, a good taco place. And then yeah. today I picked up Peruvian food for dinner. So nice. they had medio litros there, and I couldn't, uh, couldn't yep. say no to that. You ever had like the, uh, I don't know how to pronounce it, like charitos? Like the, the, the Mexican? Charitos, yeah. Yeah, they're so good, dude. dude. I they're love bomb. Them. The pineapple one? Get out of yeah. here. Oh, that's <laughs> clean living right there, man. That's so good. Uh, let me give you a couple more questions here. Did you guys drink Kool-Aid or Crystal Light Tang uh, Lemonade? Things like that? You had real juice, didn't you? You freaking no. There was definitely like there was Kool Aid in the cupboard every now and then. Yeah. Like if we were having like, I don't know, a big get together or something had for the kids. Squeezed, bro. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> there was a, 
there was a phase where my sister was really into crystal light so it was always in yeah. the cupboard but i always hated it i couldn't stand that stuff <laughs> i just imagined like little bearded gear you had a beard and you're like drinking oranges and pop it getting stuck <laughs> that's what i just envisioned right now for some reason little 10 little right. year old bearded boy let's go with one more uh thing in here do you leave butter on the counter or keep it in the fridge Mm. so growing up it was always in the fridge mm-hmm. now that i have my own house because i'm a man yeah um i keep it in a, a butter dish but you have to get salted if you're going to leave it out because unsalted butter you can't leave out so yeah salted stick of butter room temperature covered it's got a cover thing so that it's not just like letting dust land on it yeah. all day but yeah you pop the cover off perfect yeah. spreading texture it's the way to live I, I, you know what? I, I, I rest my case. Your honor, no more questions. Uh, Jake, are you there? So Jake seems to have, <laughs> Jake seems to have left the podcast. Um, I hope you guys are enjoying these Are You Garbage segments. Uh, he is frozen right now. I hope he makes a return because I'm not done yet. Hopefully he will. Ah, oh, there it you is. have returned. Okay, I continued to talking, um, but but basically, I did too. I actually left the room real quick and came back. <laughs> <laughs> What's crazy is like people have done that after you, like like they, they and they watch the podcast too. Like wait, they've done that like mistakenly. EDC, EDC with Oaken and Kane. Um, they are the there's they're this channel. I don't know if you know about them. They do tabletop reviews, but they like build miniature furniture. Miniature stuff? Yeah. yeah it's so cool. So they actually left the room too. <laughs> and it wasn't a joke. I thought they were joking because they're funny guys. And they were like, <laughs> well, we wish that we that was intentional. <laughs> it's so funny. Well, but, I, was just, I was just the first to do it. That's good. Yeah, see, you were a pioneer. Uh, but I was going to say like, no more questions, Your Honor. This guy is all class in my book. That was... You know, for a little, I, I did not think, I thought maybe because of this, the beard, maybe you had some, some sketchiness, but man, all class, you don't even drink. Like I couldn't find any dirt on you. Not really. Keep it pretty buttoned up around yeah. here. Yeah. Backpack B who also grew up with money. I mean, I asked, oh, you know what? Let's ask you one more question. What was your family vacation like growing up uh, as a kid? Yeah. So every year we went to Lake Powell. We did a houseboating trip. My grandpa started that tradition way before I was born. Um, like when my mom was a kid, so we would do a houseboat and then like spend a week on the lake base. Have you ever been houseboating? It's the best. It's like an RV except it drives on water. And then you just like pull up on the shore somewhere and then you hang out there and we had like a speedboat and we'd wakeboard and ski and stuff. Dude, I was lucky to go if I went to Six Flags or like Hershey Park or something, houseboating. This is like, yo, am I talking to like the Steve Jobs family? Like, oh, goodness. Houseboat? The same thing. I was just going to say, backpack me said the same thing. He's like, oh, we didn't go on vacations much, but I did spend a lot of time in the lake house. I'm like, lake house? See, the houseboat thing, it's like my grandpa had like bought into a timeshare on a houseboat. Yeah. And then after he passed away my family would kind of like keep it going but it was my mom and a couple of her siblings like each of us would all stay there so we'd be on like a relatively small houseboat compared to the others on the lake and there were like 25 of us on it it was very like where i i'm one of five kids in my family my cousins i think there were seven kids in one five in the other so there was like big family bunch of kids and so it was it was craziness it wasn't like 
Uh, some people do houseboating very differently than we so do. All of you were on the houseboat at like one time, like just yeah, oh yeah. Kids. What? So the the way it would work too, houseboats are dope. So Lake Powell's really hot. We'd go in July every year, and at night it cools down a decent amount. But like in the houseboat, there's a couple of like bunk beds and stuff. But we would all just line up like rafts and inflatable mattresses on the roof of the houseboat because it's a whole like hangout area up there. And it's just like open air sleeping on the roof with like one light blanket and you're good because it's so warm. Yeah. And yeah. So you're just like you're under the stars out in the middle of the desert. It's really cool. That uh, sounds amazing, dude. That's yeah. awesome. if it gets too crowded, you just go for a swim. You're surrounded by water. That is awesome, man. I wish I did. That. <laughs> I went to the beach and I saw uh, like a homeless person taking a crap in the water. <laughs> And if I'm like, we're never going to this beach again. You know? Oh, gosh. I mean, yeah, here in L.A., I've been to some some nasty beaches. Yeah. Lakes what's are it, different. What's it like over there right now anyway? Like, um, you know, of course, I listen to podcasts and a lot of the comedians I follow are, are there and they're like, everything is just completely locked down and stuff. Are you going heading into the city at all or? No. So I'm a little bit weird in the sense that, like, I live here, but I hate the city. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just I, I don't deal well in general with like crowds and mm -hmm. makes me feel claustrophobic. I hate dealing with like places where you can't find parking and then you're like lucky to find a meter or you're paying 20 bucks for some stupid lot for 20 minutes. I hate all that. So I avoid downtown pretty much at all costs every now and then we'll have something um, that we'll need to go down there for. But since COVID, I don't, I think I went to, I went into downtown once on my wife's birthday to pick up donuts for her because the closer spot was closed for some stupid reason. And so I had to go to the downtown location. What donut shop was it? It's called Donut Friend. Um, donut Friend. Interesting. Yeah. So they're really good. My wife avoids dairy. So a lot of the mm -hmm. time she picks like vegan options because it mm -hmm. doesn't have dairy in it. Not because she's actually lactose intolerant, but like mm -hmm. her system doesn't do well with it. So um, this place does all vegan donuts and they're like, actually, I hate vegan food with a passion. <laughs> I despise it, but it, these donuts actually taste better than regular donuts. I don't know yeah. what they do to them anyway. Mm -hmm. So they have a downtown LA location. And so I went like when it opened to the one that's close to us stood outside for 20 minutes thinking like, when are they going to open this thing up? I had to call another location, find out their clothes. Wow. So I drive my butt to downtown. I had to park like three blocks away. It's some sketchy spot. And then I'm like feeling bad because I've got like a gnarly, I think I was carrying like my Microtech stitch or something. That day. <laughs> it was like in downtown's the wrong yeah. place where you actually yeah. could maybe get frisked or something. Yeah, yeah. So I just like beeline for the donut shop, got right back to the car and like mm -hmm. was lucky I didn't have a ticket on the windshield. But wow. that's the only time in the last probably year that I've gotten into downtown for something. I live up kind of on the foothills in Pasadena. Yeah. And so um, Pasadena people mostly know about because like the Rose Parade and the Rose Bowl and all mm -hmm. that but it's right up against a mountain range here. So I'm at, in the foothills of the San Gabriel mountains where it's Angeles national forest and it's like massive wilderness. So I'm in the kind of the compromise spot with my wife where we're like close to our family members, her family specifically. And we have like all the advantages of being kind of in the city. There's good restaurants and all that kind of stuff. And where we live, it's a really big like Chinese population yeah. Um, and so there's a big focus on like academics and really good schools and it's a safe neighborhood. So we're like, like next pretty to good the city. food, I bet. Yeah. With the closest spot to my apartment is like this little dumpling restaurant. Oh, that's like kind of hole in the wall right now. 
Yeah, dude, it's so good. I, mm-hmm. All the time I get their juicy pork dumplings and oh. they do like really good wok toss noodles and all kinds Damn, of stuff. Damn, that's nice, man. Um, you know, what What do you do like on your free time aside from creating content? Like you watch TV, watch movies, like anything like that? Yeah, so um, a, a lot of the content that people see is me hiking. And mm-hmm. a, a lot of that is because I genuinely want to be hiking. That's what so, you like to do, yeah. Yeah, like today I went on a hike and I was planning on shooting some content while I was out there, but it was windy. I got there later than I wanted to. And so I ended up just hiking. And mm-hmm. so I try lately to do a couple hikes a week and I'll usually shoot footage on like two of them. And then I'll do at least one that's just for me because when I go with all the camera equipment and the stuff that I'm going to film and I'm looking for a good like spot, it's a different hike than when I'm (laughs) covering ground and like going to a cool place, lightweight, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So yeah, I genuinely do a lot of hiking every now and then I'll get on a kick where I'll play like call of duty mobile. I'm usually ranked Ah, um, like top two or 3% in their, uh, in their battle Royale mode, whatever you call it. Um, I, I enjoy that, but it's like, I'll go weeks without playing. I haven't played Mm -hmm. it in two or three weeks now. And then sometimes it'll just be a day where I'll play for like four hours, but that's kind of my one guilty pleasure. If I'm at home, I've got a kid. And so trying to spend time with her, I'm getting videos edited. I'm shooting Mm -hmm. photos. I'm uploading stuff. It's like, I'm always on my laptop or my phone doing something. So like, you're like kind of almost like an Instagram husband, but taking pictures of your wife and kid allows you to spend more time with your wife and kid. So that's kind of awesome too. Yeah, absolutely. That's pretty cool. That, that's a, that's a good deal right there, man. I wish that's what I had. I'm lucky. But, uh, yeah, that's awesome. Dude. Uh, you know, like how do you go on for so long on your podcast? Cause you, you did like four hours. Like <laughs> yeah. how did you, I mean, is it, is it cause like you guys are really tight, you and geared toward gear. Is that why? Or? No, we had never spoken other than like texting. And so mm-hmm. that just happened to work out. But when I created my podcast, I wanted to be sure that I left it as open and open-ended as possible. Mm-hmm. So like even I use StreamYard to host it and I specifically got like the Gucci plan that the limit is like eight hours of <laughs> one stream. How much uh, is that? I think it's like 50 bucks. It's stupid. A month. Yeah, I might try to find a different one. And but... uh, so StreamYard, I have a good, I have a question on that. Mm-hmm. Um, why did you choose that platform? Um, because of the options available? Like, yeah, so I had seen a couple other people use it, like Bob the Knife Junkie uses yes. it. And then He's in the Millie the Club, they use it for their lives. Um, and I just like the ability you have to like highlight screens. If I'm talking to a maker or something and they're trying to like show a piece, I can make their screen the only one you see for a moment. And it's like kind of seamless the way you can move things along. Mm-hmm. Plus, it's really good for live streaming. So I can use it. Mm-hmm um right now on my podcast i'm just doing it in a record mode Mm -hmm. but i can use it to stream to youtube to facebook to instagram i think um can you have people hop on even though you do the live on through youtube you can have people hop on if i'm doing it live i can also filter in the comments that are coming in from people watching it in those individual spots so like if i'm live on youtube and i'm using Streamyard to host it I can still do all my cool like screen moving stuff. I still have all the same features as if I'm recording, but I can also see comments coming in and it just, it works pretty well. Um, maybe so I, need I still need that. to master it, but. Maybe I need to do that yeah. because there's just, you know, it's like I, I am trying to find new ways to like spice things up. Right. Like I, I know it's like, um, like I, I, 
just need to find my audience, which is like happening now. It, it took a long time. It, it's not everyone is like Jake, bro. You know what I mean? Like I've been at this for like three, maybe three and a half years, almost four years. But like I didn't know what I was doing until probably last year. You know what I mean? Which is the podcasting and uh, rely more on my my personality and my energy than trying to be like everyone else. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but but yeah, like um, what I was saying is like I, I'm trying to spice up like uh, the podcast more. And I know the formula already works, but that sounds like something that, that'd be really cool. Have you ever tried the uh, the live feature? at all yeah so i used it once on youtube i did a my buddy wes from the pocket perspective he sent me a couple of loaners and i sent him some they got mm -hmm. there within a day of each other so we waited until we both had them sick. we did a live unboxing together that um, is sick yeah it was a lot of fun and I'll, I'll probably keep using it for like um i'll do when i pick a giveaway winner mm -hmm. i'm gonna go live to do that because then it's better when it's live and mm -hmm. then i might like hang around to do a q a and because i can see the comments coming in that's good plus if i'm doing a giveaway that's kind of across multiple platforms the fact that i can stream to multiple platforms is really good mm -hmm. um so yeah it just it's it's fairly seamless and it works and if you do the paid for version then it doesn't like show their branding on it you can yeah. put your logo on it or whatever you want right and uh, it just keeps it simple but man it's 50 bucks though dude 50 dollars <laughs> yeah. that's crazy yeah that's crazy that's like 600 bucks a year right or something did i just do my asian math right right yeah. now or? yeah you got it oh snap and I, I, didn't, I, never, can, I never took my SATs. I, <laughs> I think you can pay a year up front and it's a little cheaper or something, but Yikes. I didn't want to jump right into that because I didn't know for sure right. I was going to stick with it. Um, so I'm just month to month on that plan with it. And I can dial it back, but like mm -hmm. if you do, there's one that's like 30 bucks a month. And I think the difference is you can't upload in like, it maxes out at like 720p. And Ew. then, yeah. <laughs> um, and then the max is like four hours, which the podcast I just did with Sean was four hours four, and four 40 minutes. some. Yeah, it was now, long in the record mode. I, I haven't played with it. You might be able to record only for as long as you want. And it's just yeah. live streams. It puts that cap on. Yeah. Um, if that's the case, then I might even dial it back. But I don't know. I, I just wanted to get the one where I could upload in full resolution. Yeah. I didn't have to worry about a time limit. And so far, it's it's worked fairly well. So. Yeah, it's like I just do this Zoom thing because it was the most cost efficient way. But what you just told me right now sounds pretty dope to do right. live stuff because I want to do more lives, man. Do you do a lot of live uh, live shows? I've only done the one so far. I need to start doing more because uh, yeah. I guess I've gone live twice. I did one with Wes and then I did one picking a giveaway winner. And each time I'm like, oh, shoot, there's already 30 people <laughs> watching. Yeah. Okay. I, uh, I'm not very good at like watching other people's lives a lot of the time because I'm very me go, either. go, go during the day. But like, I love that Bob does it on his channel. If you yeah. go on his Thursday night um, knives or whatever, it's mm -hmm. a lot of fun and people are there and they're commenting and it feels communal. It's like, yeah. So I know I need to start doing yeah. more of that and hopefully <laughs> I can just start making it happen. Yeah, dude. Um, yo, man, you know, it was really awesome to have you on. Uh, is there anything that you want to tell the folks like watching the show? Anything you've got going on, trying to promote something, just follow Bearded Gear on YouTube and Instagram, basically? Yeah, I mean, uh, on Instagram, I'm posting daily. So if you like looking at pictures of knives, um, I do giveaways there every now and then. Um, so that's always happening. YouTube, also just Bearded Gear. I'm posting at least one video a day, usually two, sometimes three. That's awesome. And, uh, 
yeah, I'm just uh, plugging away. The podcast is the new thing. I'm having a lot of fun with that. As of when we're recording this, there are three episodes live. I know you and I are going to do one on mine as yes, well. Yes, yes. You, uh, you let me know when you got time. I'm going to do yep. that. But that is why I actually wanted to have you on. One, because like I try to reinvite a lot of the guests that I really liked from last year and um, you know just have you back on. But the fact that you're doing a podcast and I have been telling everyone to start a podcast because we can all help each other grow. You know what I'm saying? Like if you had, you know, like you just started your podcast, you want to promote it on here, you can do that. And just that's what everyone else is doing. You know what I mean? I know you don't like to follow trends, right? But it's the formula that works because my audience wants to hear from you and your audience wants to hear from me, hopefully. You know, they're like, who is this crazy? Who is wearing a like adventure time shirt? Like, what is it? (laughs) Yeah, no, I think the way I looked at it in deciding to finally actually make the podcast is something I was interested in doing for a long mm-hmm. time. Cause I like to talk. <laughs> yeah. I, I have no Me problem too. going on for long <laughs> periods of time. And yeah. I like learning, like, especially in this type of format, conversational learning, learning from one human being at a time, My it's favorite. invaluable. Um, but if you look at Instagram, the knife community is, is frankly pretty big there. There's a ton of people with pages where it's directly focused on EDC. Some of them are like really taking it serious. Others, it's just a hobby and everything in between. And then if you go to YouTube, there's actually a good number of knife channels at this point, review channels specifically. Mm-hmm. There's a, a ton of people who are reviewing knives, everything <clears throat> from the big Nick Shabazz's all the way down to micro channels. Yeah. And there's a sea of content, but in the, the podcast kind of arena, it's a media that I like to consume a ton. Mm-hmm. but there's just not enough knife related stuff. No, there's, no. I, I listen to like Joe Rogan every day and a few other podcasts that I'm, I'm typically tuning into, mm-hmm. but it's like, there's one knife nuts podcast here and there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, usually if I catch like yours or the knife junkie, I'm actually watching them on YouTube yeah. more than I'm listening to them anyways. Yeah. But like there's Mark of the maker. And a lot of these are just like once a month, maybe once a week. And so for somebody who's spending a lot of time listening while I'm doing stuff, I just wanted there to be more of that. So I figured the best way to <laughs> add to it is just to personally add to it. And then yeah. hopefully more and more people follow that trend and selfishly, it'll give me more stuff to listen to. So I was telling people, I'm like, you guys are doing podcasts now when you do yeah. live for an hour, it's basically the same thing. Like it's metal identical. complex does like um, the knife guy right? These long form (laughs) videos. And I'm like, dude, that is a podcast. If you look at the comedian Bill Burr's podcast, he's always by himself. He's just talking about like what he did throughout the week or whatever, what he's into, the funny thing he saw the other day, things like that. And that's exactly what Metal Complex is doing. He's like, oh, I got to play with this knife the other day and I thought it was going to be awesome, but then it turned out to be just okay. That is stuff that everyone is kind of into. Yeah. And you're already doing it. So I said, why don't you just download yeah. anchor <laughs> it does exactly. all the work for you exactly is that what you use are you using anchor right now yeah on anchor is awesome the best. yeah I it's use so it much anchor. easier yeah. than even uploading a youtube video because yeah. all you got to do is like, just like boop. plug it in and mm-hmm. then it puts it on every platform for you it's yeah shameless do you plug just for convert anchor. the audio from video uh, video to audio is that what you do or yeah so when i pull it out of Streamyard, i'll download one file as video because i put my podcast on the channel as well and yeah. then I'll download one as an MP3. And then I oh. plug that MP3 right in. It lets me yeah. pull it out both formats, which is yep. just <laughs> takes 
I don't know. I got to get that because I have to convert mine. Oh, no, no, no. In, so in it lessens the quality a little out. bit. Um, let me ask you this. Like, what is the invite process like then? I mean, is it through email? Like, how do you, the yeah, so person gets a link? Basically like Zoom, I'll just snag whoever the guests, whoever the guest is, I'll snag their email and mm -hmm. shoot them a link. And then it puts you in and you can, there's like a backstage feature or whatever. Yeah. So you can stay out of the room and communicate before you go in, mm -hmm. you hit record, basically how you do on Zoom. I can show you on mine. Yeah. We can, but, and there's and no, of mine, so. uh, they don't have to download uh, like a, an app or anything. It's just No, like... it, it doesn't work in Safari if you're on a Mac. Um, yeah. So you got to be in Chrome or whatever. Okay. But, that's most people can it. get chrome now yeah, that's so <laughs> awesome dude that's one of the things that i really like about what you're doing man is like um even though we're, we're going about uh the hobby in different ways you have like kind of the same mentality of like trying new things and just like go 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 that's like me with a youtube channel you know what yeah I, mean? I look at it at this point kind of like a startup like yeah i it's uh, you are the startup yeah, bearded and, gear is this ink bearded gear ink Right. And I'm monetized. <laughs> I make some money from it. Mm -hmm. It's kind of yeah. a side hustle. It's not nothing, you know? Mm -hmm. So like the, the effort does create some income. Um, but I, I, my vision for the channel is way bigger than where I am now. And Same. all of the foundation that I can lay early mm -hmm. on, which is like the whole reason why when I started my first day, I put up four videos. The day after that was four more videos. Then it was three videos. Then it was five videos. Like I wanted yeah. to have a foundation under me and I'm still less than a year into the project of like creating my channel and like this whole thing. <laughs> but um, the more work I put in now, I think the easier it'll be later. And so I'm just always like my only regrets about my channel are not starting it sooner. And so with the podcast, oh, I was like dragging my feet for a month and like, I'm going to start one. I'm going to start one. And then finally it was like, I'm starting one <laughs> because in a month, I'm just going to be mad that I didn't start it a month sooner, you know? And, and it's true. Like I should be on podcast number 18 right now, but I'm on yeah. podcast three. So yeah. that's just kind of the way I look at Who's it. Who's your next guest on there? Um, so this week, uh, I'm recording on Saturday with a buddy who's not a YouTube knife reviewer, although he does some written reviews on his Instagram. Mm -hmm. Uh, his handle is MB Wild, and mm. we're doing a deep dive into Chris Reeve knives yep. <laughs> and the uh, where we think they should exist in the marketplace <laughs> versus where they're perceived should to be two hundred dollars right cheaper. Yeah, we're we're gonna talk <laughs> a lot about. I I've, I've gone down that rabbit hole on my channel before, and uh, it makes some of the fanboys mad. But we're gonna try to be very concise and fair, and and just yeah. kind of do an, a, a deep dive evaluation of where we think people are a little bit wrong in their perception about Chris Reeve knives and what they oh, really are. That's going to be a hot one, a hot episode. It's not meant to be just a roast. Like we're, we're not out for blood, but I think it'll be. But you know, people always perceive like anything that goes against what they believe or what they think is like an attack on them. It's kind of like, right. you know, what's funny is I was actually guilty of that when I listened to you on Geared Toward Gear uh, talk about the David Dobrik stuff because <laughs> right? I don't watch the guy. I don't watch him at all. Yeah, I know who he is, and I think his content is like not for me. But I respect the fact that he cultivated this massive audience because, in a way, like that is where I aspire to be. Maybe not doing like I'm gonna fill my pool with Cheerios. Maybe not right. that. 
but you know what I mean? Like you want the channel to be successful, right? Like, yeah, I'm going to fill my bathtub with knives. It's going to be great. Yo, can you imagine? We're just like swimming in it. Like uncle's like uncle Scrooge and ducktails. Like just ah! bleeding everywhere. <laughs> Dude. Oh man. But yeah, you know, it's like, I, uh, that to go back on the thing where it's like some of the OGs think that to try to be successful in this thing is cringy or like a sin. I'm like, bro, do you know how much more of an impact I can have as a creative person if I were to reach a certain point like that? You know what right. I mean? It's it's not like I'm going to, I don't ever want to be like that. Like, you know, I, I look at Peter McKinnon, you know, the, the photographer, yeah. um, you know him, right? The pirate guy. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, he, he did a video um, recently. I don't know if it's recently, maybe it's like, it's pretty new. Uh, where he answered people's questions. And then um, he was like, I always wanted to make whatever I wanted. I wanted to be known as a creator good at something, which was like photography and cinematography. Mm -hmm. But like, I want to make content about like anything that I want. Right. And I was like, I'm the same way. Like, I, I just want to be known as this guy that's like kind of funny and acts kind of crazy. But like, I want to make content about everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, I think so, yeah. being worried about being cringy is such a weird concept to me because yeah. like you feel it when mm -hmm. you're being cringy, you know, like yes. if, if and I did the subscribe thing, I felt, oof. yeah, it's, it, it, it feels so apparent to mm -hmm. you as the person doing it. And like my whole philosophy behind my channel all the way along has been, I have to make content the way that I can make it for 10 years and not hate it. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I should look back on my old videos and be like, Ooh, what was I doing? Just because yeah. I've grown, but not because it's like I was doing things that I hate to get big. Mm -hmm. And I think people make the mistake of thinking just because other people have gotten big a certain way, that that's the only way. And like, I don't know. I, I understand why people hate cringy stuff because I hate it. <laughs> I'm the first one to say like, but, some, but a lot of people love through, it. Yeah. I can't sit yeah. through a David Dobrik video. So for me, if I want to be big, then I need to let that happen naturally by making the content I want to see. And if other people want to see it, then I'll get big. If yeah. they don't I'll stay a certain size. And that to me is like more acceptable than the like selling out. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah trying to trying to grow and trying to like make captivating content and to make money at what you're doing that's not cringy to me like yeah. i i don't think there's anything wrong with like trying to increase and grow and, and get bigger i think that's an, an admirable cause and in any other sphere if somebody was in sales or if they were working for a marketing team like you should be trying to advance you should be trying to get to the next level that's what you do in a career or even in a hobby. Like it's about going bigger and better. Like your knife collection, you want to get bigger, not smaller. You want more expensive knives in there. Why should I want to stay small mm -hmm. just to like avoid the term influencer? Like I, I yeah. Weird to me. Do you think that's a, like a weird thing to be called? Like, let's say bearded gear a year, two years down the line is like, you're sitting pretty at like 200,000 subs. <laughs> raking in that bench made dough and still still have kept your integrity but you're now known as like an edc influencer like would it I be mean, like weird i don't put any like, i would wear influencer like on a t-shirt you know I, mean? like, I, I might joke about it sure but like i feel like you have to know who you are yeah when you're gonna like do anything kind of public right mm -hmm. otherwise you, you'll be too easily swayed in any yeah. given 
question, like any feedback becomes ultra important to you. I don't listen to much feedback. Like I appreciate positive feedback, but I don't even really listen to that because I've got my own vision, my own goals, and and I know what those are. I'm decisive about it. And so for me, whether I'm at the 4,000 some odd subs that I'm at right now or 100 or 200K, like it's still me doing the same thing. And so whether people attach a label to that of like now, because this many people watch him, he's an influencer. Sure. But like, it doesn't change me internally. So I, I just don't put much stock in that kind of like thinking, you know, if that's what people want to label it. So it makes sense in their heads. Sure. But that that doesn't mean that they've really accurately described what I do either. Mm -hmm. You know, Wise words coming from a man with a beard. Uh, bearded <laughs> gear, dude, Jake, it was so awesome to have you on here, man. You're welcome on here anytime. Definitely hit me up to do Appreciate the podcast. It, I'm going to be on it. Just let me know. Um, this is your boy in the NYC. It's me, Ray, and Bearded Gear saying peace. Yo, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. And don't forget to hit that bell icon so we can squat up in the comments.